You are now listening to an awesome sermon from the St. Louis Dream Center. Grab a pen and some paper. You're in for a treat. Matthew 9, 20 and 22 through 22. Romans 10 and 8. Amen. Somebody talking back for real today. <laughs> and the Bible says in Matthew 9, 20 and 22, and it says, And behold, a woman who had suffered from a flow of blood for 12 years came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment. For she kept saying to herself, If I only touch his garment, I shall be restored to health. Jesus turned around and seeing her, he said, take courage, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And at once the woman was restored to health. Now, Romans 10 and 8. Romans 10 and 8. And this is in the King James Version, but I also want to read the, the voice version also. In the King James Version it says, but what saith it? The Lord is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and even in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. But what does it, and the, the voice says, Romans 10 and 8, the voice, it says, but what does it actually say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the good news we have been, been called to preach to you. Now going back to Matthew 9 and 20, because we're talking about we need, because um, Pastor Tony well, Mama Joy started talking about fear. Last week, Pastor Tony was talking about the emancipation, spiritual emancipation proclamation, emancipation. And so this week, I really want to talk about the word and the power of the word of God. The power of the word whenever God begins to speak how things begin to happen, and I don't care what was once before, when God says something, it now is something else. The real word of God changes everything. It changes our viewpoint. It changes our perspective. It changes everything that we encounter. It can change the very molecular structure of your body. If you're sick, one word from God will cause everything in your body to begin to walk and move like God commanded it to. That's all we need is a word. And the Bible says this in Matthew 9 and 20. It's really blessed me. And it says, and behold, a woman who suffered from a flow of blood for 12 years. And we know this story. This is the woman with the issue of blood. And the Bible says she suffered with this for 12 long years. And if you know the background study, she really, she really gave all her money away, you know, on physicians, spending money, trying to get healing, trying to get, you know, the doctors to heal her. But the Bible says this in verse 21. It says, for she kept saying to herself, if I only touch his garment, I shall be restored to health. I want you to look at somebody and ask them, what are you saying to yourself? In the situation that you're in, what are you saying to yourself? This woman said some things to herself. Now, the Bible says this. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. 
So in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God, and the, and the word became flesh. So what does that mean? That means, watch this, that Jesus is the word wrapped in flesh. And so it's the word. So Jesus sets us free. Jesus is the word. So the word is what sets us free. And the Bible says whom the son sets free is free indeed. So if Jesus is the word of God wrapped in flesh, the Bible says this, it's the word of God that sets us free. Watch this. He, and then watch this. In Romans 10 and 8, it says, but what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth. So in order for our lives to be absolutely changed, all we need is a what from God? A word. And Paul said to the Romans, he said, the word of God is where? It's nigh thee, even in thy own mouth. The Bible says this. It says that, that we're snared, and Proverbs said that we're snared. By the words of our own mouths. So it's the stuff that we say that get us in a lot of trouble. It's the stuff that we say that causes us to sometimes find ourselves in places that we really didn't want to be. Even if we take it from even unspiritual, sometimes we commit ourselves to something that we really, once we find out, we really shouldn't have committed ourselves to. Sometimes somebody may say, I married that person, but hey, <laughs> you're kind of stuck now. <laughs> you put your word out there, now you just got to keep, <laughs> keep rolling. <laughs> but, but the word says, <laughs> what the word says, watch this. It says that we're snared by the words of our own mouths. It's the word that comes out of our mouth that snares us. But this is what I want you to understand. Is that surely if our words can entrap us, they can also free us. You can say some things and undo what already has been done and said. Everything that God does, he does it by words. Everything that's created, even the chair you're sitting in, is all because of a word that God spoke. It's the word of the Lord that brings true deliverance. And remember, remember, if your words can trap you, they can free you. But see, the thing is, in order to, to bring yourself to a place to begin to speak freedom in your life, you gotta, the only words that are going to work to bring freedom is the words of God. See, because our words trap us. And it's God using our voice, but it's his words. So all we have to do is begin to speak the words of God. And that that has been holding us hostage, we can command it to let us go. And it has to let us go. Because it's the word of God that causes us, it's, 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 whom the Son sets free. It's what the Word, the Bible says, it's the truth that you know that makes you free. So it's the truth that we speak that causes us doors to be swung open and, and, and for us to walk out of the bondage and being held hostage to things that many of us talked ourselves into. Jesus. Jesus. 
So you may say, so what do I say? How do I, what, what do I say? Psalms 81. See, because sometimes we, we're talking wrong. And so sometimes we say things that, that really sound real good, but in actuality, it's really to our detriment. Psalms 81 says this, Psalm 81 and 10. The Bible says, God said, open your mouth and I will fill it. Sometimes the worst thing the enemy wants us to do is begin to pray. Because the moment that we begin to pray to God and we open our mouths, he begin to give us his words. I was praying, let me, let me, let me, I'll say this. I had some great opportunities that were coming before me. And, you know, the way I was taught in church, you know, you know, it's a lot of things we say is to our detriment. Because they're really not words of faith. They sound good because it sounds like we're real humble. And so the word, of, so I was, I was, all this stuff was happening. And so I was being approached and all these great opportunities. And I started praying one day. And I kept saying, I said, Lord, don't let me mess this up. God, don't let me mess this up. God, I, I need you to help me with this because I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do it. God, you got to help me. You got to help me. You got to help me. And I was walking. I was praying. And I remember while I was praying, and God hasn't done this many times, but he done it with this. He done it this time. And he told me, he said, stop asking me that. Because the Bible says, with thanksgiving, make your request known unto God. And so I was speaking in a place where it was causing me to now for my self-esteem to really diminish. Because I kept asking God, don't let me mess this up. That's not faith talking. That's fear talking. And the more I kept saying, Lord, don't let me mess this up. Guess what? The more I would, kept messing it up. And so what the Lord showed me this, I was walking one day and I was praying like I normally do. Because when I, when I pray, I walk. And I heard the Lord say, stop asking me that. And immediately I knew what he was saying. And all of a sudden my prayer changed. And I started saying, God, I thank you right now that everything I need, you have already provided for me. God, I thank you right now that you have given me wisdom. God, I thank you right now that everything that, you, that I'm supposed to do, God, you're connecting me to the right people. God, I praise you. God, I give you the glory. God, I give you the honor. And what was happening was the fact was that my faith was being built. God, does, God, God's not, God doesn't need his, God's not trying to make me build his faith to bless me. God is trying to get me to build my faith to understand the fact that every Everything I need, he has already provided. And all I got to do is walk in it. And so God began to give me his words of how to speak. So when we begin to pray, before you start opening, before you start praying, say, God, you, you give me the words. Holy Spirit, pray through me. So we won't start asking for something because the Bible says you shall have whatsoever you say. So you don't want to mess up and start asking for something you really don't want. Because you'll find yourself being more clenched and more tight and more as a hostage than anything. So we got to ask God to give us his words. <laughs> we got to ask God to give us his words. Uh, so my first, I, I want to give you a couple of points about you know, how do we work through this? How do we walk through this? You know, of really beginning to speak the words of God, the words of life that will bring us freedom and, and cause us not to be in hostage to people, places, and things ever again. The first thing we got to do is delete some stuff. We got to learn, we got to delete some things. 
Sometimes we're held hostage because of the things our family has taught us, our family structure, things we grew up with, things that people told us to do. Um, Sometimes we watch mama and daddy do things. And see, God is trying to bless us. And he's trying to take us to the next level. But we keep trying to take our old methodologies into this new place. And, and when we went, go into the new place with our old methodology, with the way we used to do things. So when God began to usher you into a new place, then you got to find another outlet of how you, how you express your anger. Because you got to understand the favor of God causes people to like you. And it brings you into places where when you get upset, you can't snap and roll your neck anymore. You can't get mad and flip everything over and walk out because that's what you did in the streets. And it got you respect. Many of us are trying to get things, many of us are really wanting the things that God has for us, but truly, but the honest opinion about it is your character couldn't hold the weight of the promise of God yet. you You want a wife. But every time you get mad, you want to hit somebody. You ain't ready. Because that's what you saw in your house. And so we have to delete some things. We can't always, because this is the thing that I found out. I look, I have, to me, I have the greatest parents in the world. My parents, they've been married for I don't even know, 30-something years. But I think they've been together like 40-something. But I'm saying, and I know they love me, but there are some things that I found out about my parents that they taught me. Now, get me, get me on this, that I found out as God began to elevate me, that 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 they taught me, I have to leave that with them. The Bible teaches us to leave father and mother that doesn't mean that you leave physically and never see them again. That means that sometimes you got to leave their way of doing things. It's their way of doing things that sometimes you got to walk away from. I, I, I have an awesome mother, and this is going online, so I'm going to be very careful. Because, <laughs> you know, I come from, from, you know, the old school. You know, we got whoopings. And, and, I, and I, was telling, um, I was telling one of my good friends the other day, I said, it blew my mind that when I turned about 25, I looked back at my mother one day, and my mother's about 5'5", five, five, I'm 6'1". And I realized, and I looked at my mom, I said, you've been this size my whole life? You mean I was that scared of you and you've been this size my entire life? And still today, I ain't going to raise my voice. You better hear what I'm talking about. (laughs) I'm just saying, you know, we, and I know we don't, I know that's not fashionable anymore to whoop your children. I understand that. And that's the way to be. You know what I'm saying? That's what you feel. But I wish somebody would have told my mother that because she did not know. (laughs) That memo skipped our house. That would have been one. I used to try to catch the mail when my grades went bad. That would have been one letter she would have found. <laughs> but the thing is that I realized that even some things that my mother and my father taught me how to behave. 
And even sometimes now they try to instruct me. But see, that's why you got to have the Holy Spirit inside of you. Because he's not, he, he, he's not calling what they're doing a lie. It's not that it's wrong. It's just that the Holy Spirit, when he begins to usher you into a new place, he begins to teach you truth on another level. Not another level of truth, but truth on another level. Because there's some things that's true on this level. But when you get to this level and try to bring this truth here, it's a lie. And so sometimes we have to bring ourselves to the place where we have to get away from what our family has told us and said us and what we're used to our family being. Because some of our family has never made it out of the hood or made it any further. And the moment you come up with an idea to even remotely become an entrepreneur, now everybody got an issue with you. Or when you decide to write the book, or when you decide to travel, when you decide to do whatever you're doing, sometimes because our family has never experienced this, they don't know that it's right. And so sometimes you got to leave those, you have to delete what I, I have to delete what my family has taught me. I got to delete the things that I've seen my family do. I have to delete the things, I have to delete where I lived, I have to delete where I grew up, I have to delete what my grandma said. What my granddaddy said. Because sometimes those are the very things that are holding us back. And you know, sometimes you try to move forward. And even though your family's not around, but even within yourself, it's like you can hear. Oh, God bless you. Got to make sure I don't take it off, Pastor Jay. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I ain't got no makeup on. It ain't on my face. (laughs) So watch this. So you know when you're trying to move forward, when you're trying to move forward, man, this is is the the phenomenal thing that I found out. That even though you're trying to move forward and God has put you in 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 a great place and your family are really, really, really not around you like that, but still what they said keeps following you. You try to move forward, and in your, in your mind, you think, how, yeah, how, how I'm going to do that? I ain't never seen this done. Who am I to do this, and who am I to say that? What do I have to say that people need to hear? So sometimes that, that we were taught devalues us, and it really holds us hostage from really moving into the things that God has for us. So watch this. I had a family member to say this. Because like I said, I was praying that prayer, God, you got to help me because I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do this. Because that's what I kept hearing in my head, that you're not smart enough. You're not good enough. So I had a family member or some family members that said to me, why you doing all that? Don't forget where you come from. How many have heard that before? Come on, let me see your hand. How many have heard that? And see what they don't understand. And I didn't say this to them. But see, I realized that God has some greater things for me. Watch this. And so I had to, so I didn't say this to them, but they don't understand. I'm trying as hard as I can to forget where I came from. I'm trying. Because if I don't ever forget where I come from, I will never be able to stay where I'm going. Because if I bring what you taught me, if I bring you with me, all of us can't go here, especially with the way you thinking.
And so, watch this. God wants us to begin to delete some stuff. Because God wants you to do some things that you have never done before. Because it's going to give some other people a permission to do something greater. It's going to be people that's going to see you do some things that around you is going to give them permission. Some people are just waiting for permission to do greater. And if I can tell you this, if you get ready to delete some things out of your mind and out of your life and some things that happened in your past, that God is about to cause you to do some things that is going to, that's going to cause permission to happen for other people. And you're about, and God, what God really wants to do is rewrite history through you. Watch this. The woman with the issue of blood. I didn't see this till yesterday. In Matthew 9, 20 and 22, the Bible says that she kept saying to herself, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, she said, I'll be made whole. This is what I didn't see before. If you go over to Matthew, the 14th chapter, all of a sudden, the Bible says that the men begin to bring a whole lot of people to Jesus. Not for him to pray for them, but just for them to touch the hem of his garment. She had done something that, she, that nobody had ever done before. And you got to understand how she did this, though. Because she knew the fact, in, in those days, if you, if you had the issue that she had, if you were caught amongst the people, they killed you. So she had to fight through all the things that, were, that was going through her head, that was telling her, if you do this, they're going to kill you. If you go, people are going to laugh at you. If you do this, you're not going to have the money. But, but the Bible says that, I love this, it says that she kept saying to herself. She didn't say it once. The Bible says she kept saying it over and over again. Because every time she heard, you can't do this, she said, but if I could touch. You can't go there, but if I can touch. You won't be healed, but if I can touch. And if we can say to ourselves, but if we can touch. No matter what you keep thinking, no matter what people said and what they said about you. The fact of the matter is, but if you could touch. God wants to make you his permission slip for the rest of the people in your family. You are God's permission slip. That it's time to go further than what we've gone. It's time to do more than what we've done. Come on, somebody. It's time to do more. Jesus. It's time to do more. And so after you deleted some things, you got to begin to work some things out. So work it out, work it out, work it out, work it out. Philippians 2 and 12. Philippians 2 and 12. Wherefore, my brother, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation and with fear and trembling. Philippians 2 and 12, the King James Version. See, the thing is that we are three-part beings. We are a spirit that has a soul that lives in a body. And no matter where we go and what we do, our soul is where our will, our emotions, and what snaps pictures and photos. So our soul is like a sponge that soaks up everywhere we've gone. 
And then all that that's in our soul is demonstrated through our behavior. So that's how we can tell what you've done and where you've been because of the way you're acting. And because of the things you say. Because you look like and you sound like where you're coming from. But watch this. This is good news though. Hebrews 4 and 12. It says, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. Watch this. This is the greatest thing about, about that scripture. The Bible says that the word of God is quick and powerful, even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. So our spirit is connected to our soul. Our, our, spirit, our soul is connected to our spirit. So what God does when we begin to begin to read the word, what the word does is it separates our spirit from our soul. So when God saves you, he saves your spirit. Watch this. Paul said it's up to us to work out our own soul salvation. So God saves your spirit. It's up to you to relate a message to your soul. The Bible says, be ye transformed. And how we do that, the Bible says, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then there's a scripture that says in, um, there's a scripture, let me grab it for you. There's a scripture in Ephesians 5 and 20, 26. It says that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word. And so what happens is that we have to wash our mind and we have to wash our spirit with the water of the word. What does that mean? We have to read the word of God. Many of us don't want to read the Bible. And because sometimes we don't understand what it's saying because me, I'm cool with the King James Version, I guess because I grew up with it. But for some people, when you read the King James Version, all the if, you know, the thou's and, and, and all of that kind of confuse you. But the thing about it that the Bible says it's the washing of the water of the word that causes our mind to be renewed and transformed. It causes, it's just like the water that we drink. It flushes out our system. And so if we're going to ever really delete some things, we got to allow the water of the word to wash and flush out our system. And so even though you may not know what the word is saying, just keep reading the word of God. It doesn't matter if it doesn't make sense to your mind because what's going on is that God has separated your spirit from your soulless realm. So your soul is trying to make sense of what God is saying in the spirit. Your, Your soul will never get it. And so what you have to do is just keep reading the word, no matter how, no, no matter if you don't understand it or not. If it's confusing, if like, I don't really know, I don't really know, just keep reading it. What, the word is like drinking water. It, sometimes it doesn't seem very flavorful. But the thing about it is that the more you drink it, it causes you to be refreshed. We're being refreshed through the word of God. Watch this. It doesn't matter if you're not. So, so what does that mean? It's just like on a computer. When you see the little thing that goes like this, and it aggravates us all because it does that at the most. Man, it does it at the wrong times, man. It's like you just can't. But, but what there is, there's what's called a refresh button. And if you, if you hit the refresh button, all of that stops. And what this means that it's thinking. See, when you really get the word inside of you, God takes all the thinking out of it. Because he does the thinking for us. We just have to obey what he's already said. Held hostage. And so as we continue to read the word, God begin to break things off of our lives. 
And like I say, even though it doesn't seem like anything is happening when you're reading the word, it doesn't matter whether you're understanding it. But I promise you, as you keep walking, just keep walking. I promise not many days after this, you're going to start looking up and you're going to be saying stuff like, man, I remember when I would have said something behind that. (laughs) I remember there was a day when I would have let them have it. So what's going on? See, the, see even though your, your soul didn't understand it, but your spirit understood that your, that your soul is being washed. Not that you, not, not that you forget, but it's that the, soul, that the word washes your, your soul so much. Watch this, that your, your perspective changes. God changes our perspective through the washing of the word. Watch this. And when, when you start deleting things and you delete all the old methodologies and you, and you begin to work all these things out through the reading and the washing of the word of God, the ultimate goal that God is trying to do, especially since we are in this place where the enemy is trying to hold us hostage, is that you are the miracle that you've been looking for. We look all over the place trying to find love, trying to find peace and satisfaction. All these type of things, we go looking everywhere else. But the honest to God truth is, you are the real miracle that you're looking for. The Bible says that this woman said to herself, not somebody else told her, but the Bible says she said to herself, and the thing is, you're going to have to start saying some things to yourself. The one thing that's so powerful that I do periodically is that I stand in the mirror. I stand in the mirror and I look myself eyeball to eyeball. And I, be giving my, and I give myself permission to let stuff go. I give myself permission never to hold on or be in bondage or in captive by anybody else or anything again. You are the miracle that you've been looking for. And if you don't want to be hostage anymore, I I, I promise you if you do this, you get a word from the Lord and you stand in the mirror and you look at yourself eyeball to eyeball and you give yourself permission to walk out of every situation that has you by. Didn't you enjoy that word? If you live in the St. Louis area or ever plan to visit, we'd love for you to join us at one of our services at 4324 Margareta at either our 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. services. Be blessed. We hope to worship with you soon.